With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume. All right, everybody, Jason McIntyre is going to join me. Yes, that Jason McIntyre, J-Mac from The Herd, is going to join me in about five minutes as we uh, get ready. A lot of subjects, some gambling stuff, which he's always been into. The New York Times disbanding their sports section, which nobody actually read. All that stuff will be coming up. First, though, presented by Netflix and their upcoming docu-series, Quarterback, which I can't wait to watch. So... You know, I asked Jimmy Johnson years ago about leadership and what is leadership. And he didn't have an answer for it, but he said Troy Aikman was a leader, but he couldn't pinpoint what it was. And, you know, one of the first times I was really impressed with Dak Prescott, and I wasn't blown away with him. I watched him play at Mississippi State. I thought he was a better thrower than Tebow, but I'm like, this guy, I, you know, there was a reason he got picked in the fourth round. Uh, Dan Mullen once told me, the former Mississippi State coach, they never thought he was, you know, an NFL quarterback. But one of the things that impressed me very early on with him is Dak Prescott's intangibles and Des Bryant, who basically the Cowboys had to babysit out of college. They had to have a security team, which I'm not sure if Des has ever acknowledged that or admitted You know, that's just a lot for a team to have to worry about. That after college, you're not prepared to, like, stay out of trouble. It was hard for the Cowboys. Security detail around the clock. And Dak Prescott had to deal with that right out of the gate. Goes 13-3 and as a rookie. And had that puppy hovering over him. And it was, that's the kind of thing that explains Dak Prescott's mental toughness. He's dealt with injuries. He's dealt with criticism. He dealt with uh, the COVID season. He's dealt with some controversy. And Dak Prescott has always been his very strongest in those moments. He's not an elite arm talent. He's not. Uh, he's, He's athletic, but not super mobile. His arm's fine. It's not special. He's accurate enough, but not elite. He's a BB plus quarterback. But he dealt with Des Bryant and the neediness and the high maintenance, and it didn't get in the way of wins before the Cowboys finally just said, enough is enough, as they should have. It's going to be interesting to watch Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs. Now, Stephon Diggs, in my opinion, is a better player than Des Bryant and is not nearly that difficult. But with both Kirk Cousins and with Josh Allen, after a couple years, uh, you see the theatrics and you hear the concerns. Uh, and Buffalo is clearly, if you watch the draft, a receiver, a tight end, free agency, they went out and got another running back. They're trying to be less reliant on Stephon Diggs. This is where leadership will come in with Josh Allen. Now, Josh is a better athlete than Dak Prescott. Bigger arm, more mobile, better athlete. Up and down the board, A, 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 A plus, A, A. But leadership is Dak's strength. And when you can be a great player, and a great talent, and a great leader, Mahomes or Burrow, that's when you separate. To this point, we know Josh Allen is a great athlete. This will be the leadership year, dealing with Stephon Diggs and this drama. And at some point, Tom Brady went to Bill Belichick. 
when they got rid of Randy Moss. Tom Brady was not shocked by it. Obviously, Brady had discussions with Josh McDaniels, Bill Belichick, right? Those don't go public, but they didn't just walk in and say, Randy's gone. It's not the way it works. Tom was too powerful. Even though he and Belichick weren't close, you know, they would come to him. Sometimes you have to take a step back in talent. The best Patriot teams were not the ones with Moss. It was the teams where you had reliable wide receiver tight end targets, reliable, choreographed, you knew where they would be, talents. So the NFL, the margins are too tight for drama. The noisiest team every offseason is one of the more disappointing teams every offseason. So I'm really interested to watch Josh Allen this year. First time, real drama. A real talented, but at times difficult, teammate that is crucial to the offense. I've seen Dak deal with stuff like this. A+. Best part about Dak are these moments. Josh is the better talent. How will he react to it? As Netflix, first partnership with the NFL, Quarterback is a new docu-series that takes a unique look at each season told through the lens of NFL quarterbacks. For the first time ever, the NFL allowed quarterbacks to be miked for every single game of the season. Three quarterbacks, Cousins, Mahomes, and Mariota give behind-the-scenes access on and off the field. I can't wait to watch this series. Check out the trailer for a first glimpse at what we're going to see. Netflix is giving you exclusive access to see what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. I'm here all day! See Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota, and Super Bowl champion Patrick Mahomes balance all the pressures that come with the toughest job in sports. Quarterback is more about the mental side. From game day to home life, see these quarterbacks like you've never seen them before. Let's put it all together for four quarters! You like that? You like that? Quarterback, only on Netflix. Watch now. So I remember I lived in Connecticut nine years ago, and I remember exactly where I was. I was in my driveway. I was on my cell phone, and you and I would talk about once a month about business and stuff, and I said to you, I said, just be patient. We'll work together. I said, I respect you. You like the right stuff. You're not overly dramatic. You have a sense of humor. I'm like, you probably don't remember this call, but I do. I remember we had a gravel driveway. And so it was probably 10 years because it took us a year to fix it. it and it, all the gravel would get stuck in our tires. So we made it, you know, cement. And I said to you, I said, you're going to, this thing's going to work. Like all these bloggers, most are full of shit. They don't break any stories. And I had gone to my ESPN bosses and I said, whoever runs the big lead, he's actually breaking stories. He's not just aggregating stuff. Like he breaks stories. Do you remember me telling you, and this is probably 10 or 11 years ago that we were going to work together. I, I Can I say I vaguely recall that, Colin? Um, I know we would have conversations from time to time about the industry, the business, which way it was headed. Because you could already see kind of the tea leaves were shifting. Things were moving kind of quickly. But 
also slowly, the same way cables erosion is happening now, you could kind of see how blogs, which had kind of disrupted newspapers and sports, all of a sudden blogs start to get phased out as social media pops up. And I could kind of see like, okay, we're making money on the big lead. Things are going well, but yeah, I need to start thinking about What's next for me? What's next in my career? Uh, and when you mentioned TV, I was like, well, geez, I didn't go to college for that. <laughs> you know, uh, am I going to be prepared? And, and I think you recall, I recall you telling me, hey, man, you got nothing to worry about. Just be yourself. And that's kind of been a lot of the advice you've given me. Just be yourself. Do you, you do your homework. You're well researched. Uh, be ready when your number's called. You know, I feel like that pinch hitter in the dugout waiting for that opportunity. Yeah. And then the coach says, all right, get on deck. You're up to bat. And uh, you always got to be ready. So the New York Times uh, disbanded their sports department. You and I talk a lot off the air. It's probably our primary discussion off the air is either rumors uh, in sports or rumors in our industry. So when they bought the athletic, it was, you know, it was a they showed their hand. It wasn't going to be the New York Times sports department. The athletic was going to become the sports department. I think everybody in the industry sort of knew that. I always looked at the New York Times sports as sort of people uh, a little precious. If you cover badminton, I'm not going to take you seriously. They didn't really like appear to like sports. So, um, you know, for a global newspaper, maybe that works. But again, I, I, can, I, th- I can think Tyler Kepner did great work with baseball. I read a lot of him. But I could also think you could see this coming from 100 miles away. They, they have sports writers that like write once a month. <laughs> it's a grinder's world. There's lots of people in our business who are good. They're just infrequent contributors. And as somebody that now owns a company, I need daily or you know biweekly work. Were you shocked by the Times move? No, uh, not at all. Uh, like you said, there, there's these feature writers. That was like the golden position in newspapers, right? Like how you would write for Sports Illustrated. You'd write like one piece. It would take you a month to write it. That would be your story. And it was like, that's a plum job. Who wouldn't want to, who wouldn't want to work like that? But you could see the New, the New York Times was kind of trying to zig when the industry's zagging. Like, hey, you want to read about the NBA? That's all over the internet, radio, TV. We're going to give you all the tennis you can handle. We're going to back up the Brinks truck and unload on golf. And like you said, badminton. And we're going to go for kind of uh, these peculiar stories, maybe about table tennis or what have you. And yeah, they would do great investigative work. But again, it's not the kind of thing, Colin, where it's just sustainable, where you write one story, even a week, like that just doesn't work. I mean, think about it. You, uh, when you do the herd, you're, you've got to lead every hour with heavy, strong takes to keep the sports fans coming. And you got to do that five days a week. Like th- this idea that writers and journalists could work once a week, once a month, that's just, that's archaic. That stuff does not exist anymore. And, um, you know, you, you see where this is headed. Like this is the New York Times, you know, the, the one newspaper subscription that's worked. They just said no to their sports section. It's over. So you got to th- start thinking about where this goes in five years and 10 years. And um, it's not a pretty place, obviously. It's almost like a liberal idealistic tunnel. John Skipper figured this out at DAZN. There's plenty of quotes on the Internet where John made some, um, um, you know, some purchases when he was at DAZN. And he figured out touching all the bases is irrelevant. You got to go after the big stories. It's all anybody talks about. And John Skipper, I don't have them in front of me, acknowledge that is sometimes, uh, you know, I think sometimes left leaning journalists feel like uh, they want to touch all the bases and cover the people that don't get love. It's over like the athletic. I go for NFL, NBA playoff takes, 
UFC. You know, there's very few things. In fact, I don't even go to the athletic for UFC. I go to them for NFL, college football, NBA. Uh, sometimes, you know, I have places I go for UFC. I mean, I, I basically have four sports I love. NFL, NBA, college football, and UFC. I'll, I'll, I'll pay whatever it takes to get it. And then I don't really count United States men's national team. That's like, you know, that's, that's sort of a, that's our team. And then I like college basketball and I like baseball, but I'm not going to pay big money for them. If they're there, I'll watch. I'll discuss infrequently. But I, but I do think there's sometimes in the journalism world, there's this sense we're going to cover all the bases and it doesn't matter. You, you've, you've got to cover. You were at the big lead. You didn't, I remember this. You didn't waste a lot of time trying to appease everybody. Do you, take me to your thought process on, on creating a blog that you sold for seven figures. Well, when you try to please everybody, you please nobody because nobody's going to be happy with your work. I, I'll never forget, Colin. I would wake up before school every morning, you know, around six o'clock on the East Coast. My dad would be leaving for work. He'd pick up the Washington Post from the driveway. And I'd say, Dad, you know, peel me out the sports section. And I would look at the sports section and read about what happened in sports the night before. Like, that's how we used to get news. Okay, now you wake up. Your alarm to wake up is probably on your phone. And instantly, you've got a rundown of what happened that matters. And I know there's NHL purists who believe like, oh, man, the NHL draft was crazy. I'm sure it was. But the number of people who care about that does not matter to me running a website. People want to know what's going on in the NBA, NFL, college football, and then they want the other stuff like uh, Britney Spears versus Victor Wembanyama, wackiness like that. They love those wacky stories that anyone can relate to. I, listen, I play tennis myself. I'm entering a tournament later this month. I can't tell you the last story I read about tennis. Okay. I don't play a lot of golf. I know a lot of friends who re, uh, play golf. They don't read golf. Like there is not really a lot of compelling stories in those granular sports. You've really got to, as you told me once when I got a radio show on Fox Sports Radio, play the hits. That was like your number one thing. Play the hits. You could lead with Aaron Rodgers one day, Cowboys the next day. Play the big stories. People care about that deeply. As much as I want to bag on the Houston Texans, you know, I, I can't open a show with that here, uh, uh, you know, on my podcast. I, I wasn't blogging much about the inferior teams in the NFL. You've got to give the people what they want. You've also always had an eye, and I've always loved it, but you've had an eye for gambling. You're very good at it. And, um, you know, again, I try not to be precious. The um, There's a you know, a sense that, you know, gambling, be very careful about gambling. Uh, people can get hooked. The average bet when I worked with FanDuel, the average bet was $4. 99% of the people are not betting what they can't handle. Are there people that can't handle that responsibility? Yes. Uh, 30 million Americans are obese. There are people that can't handle bagels. Uh, there are people that can't handle alcohol. The disturbance rate or distortion rate for gambling is 1%. It's 6% for alcohol. Lots of people can struggle with alcohol consumption. Not that many people, you know, the stories are anecdotal. There are people that get lost in it. Overwhelmingly, people bet four or five bucks. That's what they gamble. So um, you've always been pretty heady on this stuff. And I want to go to your over-unders in the NFL because uh, we, you and I are aligned on almost everything. Uh, the one thing we're not... <laughs> <laughs> you hate the Rams. Now, I worry well, about 
uh, because I have um, friends that work with them about being a homer. But I've got friends all over the Chargers, and I'm always reluctant to embrace the Chargers. But I do think it's a head coach quarterback league. And I think there's four positions you got to get right. Head coach, quarterback, somebody in your front five defensively, and a big-time weapon. And I think the, the Rams have all of that. I also think they're incredibly young on defense. But that's about Kansas City last year was young on defense. If you have an elite defender up front, you can be really young in your back seven because it's we talked about this with Wembenyama. Offense is refinement. Defense is blowing shit up. Defense is about fast speed. Can you disturb the offense? Young defenses, the Jets have all sorts of young players. They're fast. They get if they get injured. They get healthier faster. So I think the Rams tend to be better than people think. What is your, and again, coach, quarterback, weapon, defensive lineman. Like you get those four right, you can have flaws everywhere. What is your primary concern with the Rams? I, I, well, they're clearly top heavy, but um, I do want to let me preface this by saying I'm a big Rams fan now that I moved to L.A. Like, yeah, I like them. I root for them. I go to some Rams games. I know people who are friends with Stafford and vacation with him. Uh, I, I, listen, I like the Rams. I've rooted for Stafford. I like Cooper Cup. Colin, this team is honestly the Rams are closer to being in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes than the playoffs. <laughs> That's the reality. I, I, I had someone remember how I've been saying on your show. Give me their defensive depth chart. I don't know anybody other than Aaron Donald. They have, they drafted, I believe, 14 rookies and they'd signed 24 undrafted players. 38. I don't know how many are going to make the roster, but Colin, you look at that uh, two depth chart, two deep chart on the, on the defense, and it is one of the worst in the league. They are super top heavy with Stafford, who, by the way, had a major elbow thing. And I'm just saying, like, I, I said on your show that there's a world where Aaron Donald maybe gets traded. Like, if I'm McVay, and I was close to retirement. What would you want to do? Keep going with this old crew? Or all of a sudden you start out, you know, two and five, one and four. It's like, ooh, well, I don't know what I don't know what we have here. And I when I'm looking at over-unders, I bet the schedule, I think the under on the Rams is one of the best bets on the board. Um I currently I see it at six and a half. Colin, I know you like the Rams, you know, less need, all these guys. Like you are way off market. Now, listen, that's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, last year at this time, nobody had the Eagles uh, winning the Super Bowl or going to the Super Bowl, you know? So, you know, maybe the Rams exceed expectations, but at six and a half, it just tells me, man, that schedule, the age on this team, I, I, you know, they, they could be in a lot of shootouts and being on the wrong end of a lot of them. Okay. Your most interesting over, you have the Ravens over nine and a half. My concern is of their top nine players, eight have an injury history. Of the Steelers' top nine players, none do. T.J. Watt was banged up last year. But when T.J. Watt's healthy, the Steelers win 75% of their games. But you have them as an over. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and Deshaun Watson should be better. There will be an argument by Thanksgiving. It may be one of the best divisions, if not the best division in football. So where yeah. do you get 10-plus wins for the Ravens? So, so I look at this usually, you know, in macro sense, it's NFC overs. AFC unders. That's pretty much how I would lean because the AFC is so incredibly stacked. Why I look at the Ravens, Colin, if it, you know, I know we've made fun of Deshaun, uh, not Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, right? Lamar Jackson last few years has been hurt. But what's funny is with him healthy, despite how bad the supporting cast has been, they've been a first place team in November. And all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson goes down and the kind of the bottom falls out. Injuries to the offensive line, injuries to the defense, defense getting old. I like the reinvigoration 
at offensive coordinator. Monk had comes from Georgia. And some people have broke down on YouTube some stuff that he used to do, spread offense, even with Stetson Bennett. Okay, I know they had a defense that carried him to two natties. But Stetson Bennett's do some interesting things in the pocket. Uh, a lot of um, pre, pre-snap movement that the, you know, the analytics guys loves. And there's a world where Lamar Jackson is in play, if he's healthy, for an MVP award. He's got the best supporting cast and skill position he's ever had. And, you know, I, I think this was in a movie or something, but, you know, always bet on Harbaugh because <laughs> both Harbaugh brothers have done a lot of winning. And John Harbaugh is just a winning coach, man. This guy knows what to do. So I would lean over on the Ravens nine and a half. So one other bet you have that's interesting, you have the Texans under six and a half. And so I have a friend who um, kind of deals in the world of quarterbacks, college and pro. And uh, he's not judgmental. Um, He travels around. He sees a lot of them. And he was recently at an event where C.J. Stroud was at the event. Texans rookie quarterback. And his takeaway was, I don't get it. Like, I (laughs) didn't see the juice. Uh, He's quiet. He doesn't jump out as a leader. Um, He throws a nice catchable ball. Um, Ohio State has never had a great NFL quarterback. And my argument's always been, J-Mac, is it's always been, is that in the SEC, there's six or seven teams with NFL bodies everywhere. But in the Big Ten, outside of Michigan, every team Ohio State plays is significantly less talented. And you're just, it's an easy college life for quarterbacks. As good as a Georgia quarterback is or an LSU quarterback is, they're facing NFL defensive bodies every Saturday. Big stadiums, loud, lubricated. It doesn't matter um, how good your offensive line is. Tua's getting banged up. You know, Jalen Hurts at Alabama, you're, you're going to get hit in the SEC. And Ohio State's offensive lines, five-star. Ohio State's receivers, five-star. It's an easy life, and it's not a great place to prep for the NFL. And, 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 and so when my friend told me this, he said, I just, and he's, he's very bright and he knows, he knows this stuff. He's like, I just don't see it. What is your best guess on CJ Stroud? We both admit Bryce, his size is a concern. He's probably the number one guy. There's a lot of back and forth on Justin Fields. There's a lot of back and forth on C.J. Stroud. Generally, there'll be a quarterback that we all sort of go, yeah, he's the best guy. Caleb Williams next year, he's the best guy. Luck, Trevor Lawrence, right? Like there's a guy, Burrow. You thought he was better than I did, but he's going to be fine. C.J. Stroud's in that Justin Fields category, the Sam Darnold category. Like people are taking sides. What side are you on? (laughs) Yeah, I'm on the side of the Texans are probably a four-win team. Uh, Colin, they were an abject disaster last year. And now you have a rookie quarterback, as you said, from Ohio State, which hasn't produced any great ones. By the way, two years ago, Stroud, you probably had a better receiving cast at Ohio State than he will this year. Remember Olave, Wilson, Harrison? Like, he, he doesn't have those guys in the NFL now. Rookie head coach who was a defensive head coach. And you go on rants probably weekly <laughs> about how defensive head coaches, that's not your jam. In the NFL, first time play caller, I believe that is so much newness. 
And this is the second straight year in free agency where they just go and they just get guys. There's no like, ooh, that's a great buy. That's a great bargain. What value? You don't hear any of that with the Texans free agent moves. The GM in trouble. Uh, this franchise is just, I, I don't see it. Uh, this is definitely an under six and a half for me. I actually feel they're in the basement in the division. It's not that hot of a take, but I think the Indianapolis Colts with Shane Steichen, offensive guy, will finish ahead of the Texans. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening you had this beef with kd and it's interesting because um i don't get pro athletes reaching out to me dming me but when i go to an event like ufc they all come up to me right they're all like hey hey uh max crosby and the raiders and jamal murray and you know all the guy all the pro will come over and they're like i can't believe it and they're great we i stayed at a hotel in vegas four nba teams there players are great um I don't get DMs from anybody. I mean, literally, women, athletes, nobody. <laughs> you do. What do you think it was that set off KD and why he came after you? So uh, this wasn't the first time we had really engaged. So uh, I realized back in like 2016, I was kind of on an island defending Kevin Durant's move to the Warriors. Um, everybody else is killing him. Oh, he's a front runner, blah, blah, blah. So I would tag him on Instagram on the stories and say, great move, Kevin Durant. Here's my take on it from the whatever TV show and blah, blah, blah. And Kevin Durant, because he is not encumbered by a wife or children, I don't even think he has a pet. He's got his phone in his pocket at all times, responding, burner accounts. He will reply. And we've had this ongoing discussion for like seven years. I, I mean, I, I've got it documented in, in the DMs. And um, 
you know, he'll reply. And we had firm disagreement. I, I was not afraid to tell him that I thought leaving the Warriors was the craziest thing he ever did. And, you know, he d- doesn't love when you say that. But, um, you know, listen, he's one of the few pro athletes that's going to engage. A lot of them are kind of above the fray and don't care. I almost think, and I don't know if you'd agree, Durant is so pot committed to being online argumentative guy that that's like kind of one of his brand layers. And so if he doesn't do that, it's like off, it's not really, it's off brand for him. So he now has to lean into that and fire back, whether it's Jason McIntyre, Colin Cowherd, Michael Rappaport, Joe Bob, he's going back at everybody because he also has the time and he's got a lot of money. He's done great with business since he moved out to the Bay Area um, for the Warriors. Uh, great business in New York with his uh, agent. Uh, listen, Kevin Durant's dominating. I still don't believe in getting arguments with people on the internet. There, there is just a no-win situation. Um, I've been blocked by several guys. Odell Beckham back in the day uh, hated, hated when I was saying the Giants should trade Odell. I did it on the radio show, tagged him, instant block. Baker Mayfield, man, I would not draft Baker Mayfield number one. Would not draft him, would not draft him. Tag him, instant block. Like some guys will just block and tune it out. Other guys will engage. I, I, I don't want it to be my thing. I don't want to argue with athletes. Um, but from time to time, you get in a dust up. You and I like the same sports. You know, um, the other thing, obviously, I've been in the media for 30 years. Um, I'm never outraged. Like, never. And since I've known you, you're not. That doesn't mean it didn't bother me when the young son went with his dad on the submarine that was really sad to me. It just made me sick to my stomach because all I could think about was, you know, the kid was about my son's age and I'm like, you know, that egomaniac billionaire convinces his son to go on it. Like, that's the last time I was really just in a bad mood for mm. 24 or 48 hours. It really bothered me. But um, are you ever surprised by how thin-skinned and regularly outraged the media is? when they dish out so much criticism and so much snark. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really watching the media be outraged by like normal conversations everybody has is lacking so much in self-awareness. All we do is criticize. And yet so many people in our industry are so easily offended. I, I just I'm yeah. taken back by it regularly. Well, it's weird. When when I was growing up, I remember the nightly news was uh, Dan Rather on one network. I think Tom Brokaw, Peter Jennings, they set the agenda every night. And, you know, my parents would watch it. I would get roped into watching it. And if you happen to miss it, Colin, you know what? You picked up the newspaper and read it the next day. Now, I was a young kid. I don't remember it being so divisive, red and blue at the time. I feel like a lot of that has to do with social media um, a certain president in uh, 2016 who was very divisive. Uh, opinionists don't really like you aren't at the ability. I don't think you have the ability to piss me off with any take you have, because I don't know. I'm kind of level headed. I know well, Colin might be wrong. He might be right. But, you know, we're all in this business. We're going to whiff. There's a lot of people who don't take chances, Colin, because they're afraid. You know, they want to be very milk toast oh, right yeah. down the middle. You and I know who they are. They, they don't want to take any chances to go after people. I'm not afraid to go after people. I might be right. I might be wrong. I'm all in on Wembenyama. I've got all my poker chips in the middle. I think he's going to be a superstar. You got a lot of people hemming. Well, what about the injury? Oh, you know, seven, five, the feet. I'm like, I, I can't sit here worried, but maybe he's going to get hurt. This dude's going to be a badass. He's going to dominate the league. I'm just telling you like three years. 
By the way, Luka Doncic, year three, was like a top seven player in the league. Wembenyama's not going to be? So, like, I, I can't get outraged but I'm uh, by others. Um, I, I don't want to be the guy who pushes you to outrage. But, Colin, you do know this. In 2023, you want people loving you or hating you. You don't want them indifferent. As an East Coast guy that has moved west, it's a very distracted town, L.A. The beach, the mountains, Mediterranean weather. Uh, there's so much to do. Access to Vegas, uh, 40-minute flight. Um, what is your takeaway uh, on the sort of cliche that L.A. doesn't care about sports? Explain to an audience member in the Midwest listening in Chicago or a New Yorker or Philadelphia fan listening to this about your takeaway as an East Coast guy and the passion for sports out West. Good, better, surprise you, disappoint you. Where do you land? That's a great, great question. Um, and you, I think, brought up on the herd on uh, Monday or Tuesday, one of those days, that the Atlanta Braves in the South right now are everything. It's like college football's massive. The Atlanta Braves are blowing up everywhere. And I think they're like one of the only pro games in town. <laughs> uh, you know, a couple NFL teams down there in the South, but it's like there's just not a lot of options. And as you said out here in L.A., it's like. I drive down my neighbor's street and uh, I don't live in a baller neighborhood, but Chip Kelly lives two streets over from me. And like literally there's USC house, UCLA house, UCLA. Like it's big. That's the one thing, the college flags. I'm sure you've seen them. There's a lot of Oregon duck stuff out here. Um, the college football is passionate, but you don't see as much with the NFL. But then again, the Rams just got here after being here in the 80s with Jim Everett and Henry Ellard. Um, the Chargers just got here five minutes ago after being in San Diego. Um, the Lakers obviously are the show and the Clippers are trying to crowbar in with uh, money bags bomber. But yeah, I would say like right now, for, for, from my perspective in the little South Bay uh, area I live in right now, college sports is a massive deal. That being said, Colin, I'll never forget. I was playing pickup basketball at the gym uh, on, it was like, you know, a January 4th or January 7th, whatever the day was. And I was like, guys, I got to leave early. I got to go watch a national championship. And they're like, the game's only starting now. You can leave in an hour and be home at, at halftime. I was like, what are you talking about? I got to watch the whole game. They're like, really? They were surprised. And these are like, this is like a college football area. They were like surprised that I was going home to watch the Natty. They're like, oh, I'll pick up the game at halftime. And a lot of that is, People just want to live life out here and enjoy it. I mean, Colin, you and I know you go to the beach on like a Tuesday at like 1030 and it's not empty. It is. It's not packed wall to wall, but there's people running around like not just young people who are unemployed, but like I'm talking 30 year old, 40 year olds. A lot of people own their companies and they're able to, you know, go out and get fresh air at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. Um, unable to do that now because I'm on the herd and we're live on TV. But I will just say a lot of business owners out here. And guys who want to be the master of their domain and master their universe. And, they, you know, if that means a, a 11 a.m. breakfast and by the beach, so be it. Um, and and I'll be honest, that's not a bad life to have. Well, you could just go outside and you're walking on the strand or, or wherever you are, uh, Venice Boardwalk, in the middle of the day. Because you know what? It's your business and it's your time. And time is the most valuable resource we have, Colin. The most valuable resource we have. Yeah, well, the West Coast has always been more entrepreneurial. There's less tradition. Uh, there's more small businesses, um, and a lot of the businesses out West tech, you can work remotely, Hollywood and entertainment starts later in the day. So, um, you know, it's a good life, man. There's, it's great to have you on the herd. It's great to have you in the volume. Uh, Jason McIntyre, co-host straight fire with Jason McIntyre. All right, get outside, have some fun tonight, bud. 
Thanks, buddy. The Volume. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.